Uh, it's been a crazy week for uh, international trade. First, the U.S. announced tariffs on China. Then China announced tariffs on the U.S. Then the U.S. put more tariffs on China. And then China put more tariffs on the U.S. Then Japan turned around from the front seat and said, will you two knock it off? Gosh. I thought Lindsey Graham was really interesting on this uh, yesterday, whichever show I saw him on. He's re- he, he 100% backs Trump on this, while a lot of people, this whole trade war thing, and we've got a, uh, a guy coming up who's going to talk about tariffs with us, but he said, Lindsey Graham said basically what you've been saying. Look, China's been screwing the whole world for years. You've got to push back at some point. And, I mean, and if it hurts for a while, we got to see it through. They need us more than we need them. They'll back down at some point. But mm-hmm. what are the other options? Yeah, we'll get into that uh, hardcore with John Cochran, the grumpy economist. Really terrific guy. Uh, looking forward to that I chat. that was interesting. Lindsey Graham yeah. and you together on this. Uh, yeah, well, again, as I said earlier, give me a, a bunch of bananas in 45 minutes. I could get a chimp to understand. But for some reason, cable news yelling heads are pretending they don't understand what he's trying to do. But that's politics. That's fine. So this is this is an odd story. Alert listener uh, Aaron sent this to us. Um, at a conference today, which was when is this, when is this dated? It doesn't matter. Last week, uh, a NOAA official that would be your National Oregon Antelope uh, Association. Oceanic. Yeah, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, I think. Okay. That's what NOAA stands for, right? Revealed that its lawyers have decided to liberally interpret federal law so that the agency has the power to license all camera use in space. Camera use? Camera use. Yeah. For instance, uh, like Elon Musk and his, his wacky uh, rocket with the car on it. If it takes any pictures of Earth, uh, you can't use them. You can't publish them. Noah owns any pictures of Earth from space. Well, that's interesting. So you launch your own private spaceship. I'm not exactly sure how all that works, because obviously you need some help from the U.S. government. There's got to be some sort of paperwork just for airspace or yeah, something, just the right? FAA regulations. I don't think you can set off rockets well, just because you want to. And isn't Elon Musk using various uh, military launching Pads. Well, yeah, but go on. I mean, so I mean, there's there's already some working with the government on this. Yeah, but the well, let me just. According to the director of commercial remote sensing regulatory affairs, there's an office of that. I wonder how much their my tax (sighs) money goes to them. (sighs) And if anybody uh, regularly or irregularly uh, appraises whether they're doing a good job and worth the money. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. Too late. Part of the licensing review for commercial remote sensing systems involves a check of any national security implications of that system. But it's not clear what issues an onboard camera system, whose views of the Earth are typically low resolution, uh, etc., might pose. Uh, Dawkins, that's the uh, that's the uh, bureaucrat gal, said no previous SpaceX launches had NOAA commercial remote sensing licenses. Commercial remote sensing licenses. Even though many have flown onboard cameras... Uh, April 2nd launch of Falcon 9 from Florida carrying a Dragon cargo spacecraft had no such restrictions. Get to the interesting part, Joe. (laughs) Um, Our office is extremely small, and there's a lot of things out there that we miss, she said. The onus is on the companies to come to us and get a license when needed. License to take footage from space. Space! Um... 
You know, and this is this uh, piece is written from a, a fairly libertarian point of view. The idea that you need a government license to take pictures because they own space. That strikes me as ridiculous. God owns space. <laughs> Thank you for that. I guess I'll have to uh, see if you can get Tahara Dawkins, Director of Commercial Remote Sensing Regulatory Affairs. Good work if you can get it. I dreamed of being that when I was a kid. But... Well, right. I wanted to be a cowboy. <laughs> I was a commercial ro- remote sensing. What? I'll just hand it to you. Chrisia. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Cursora, it looks like. They do good work. Yeah. Unbelievable. Permission Society. That's Is that the title of uh, Tim the Lawyer's fabulous book, The Permission Society? Absolutely. The point is. of view being they have confiscated our rights and are selling them back to us. And they call it permits. It's we're, ridiculous. We're going to break a little early so that we uh, have time to talk to the economists to be about, about tariffs. But I got this question for you. Hmm. So with Trump... It's not going to be boring, by the way. I promise you that. Promise you. Trump... Uh, Basically saying we're going to attack something in Syria. This is the first dust up with John Bolton as the national security advisor. What do you suppose old Bolton's whispering in his ear? In, in his ear, his Bolton, his rep is attacking people, right? Hard ass. I mean, he's into it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's 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 not shy about it at all. He's all he's also got a rep for the UN. Ain't going to do anything. So mm-hmm. let's not because they ain't. And he's right about that. Right. But let's not pretend that the UN Security Council, with their emergency meeting today, is going to lead to anything, which it won't. God help you if you're a child in Syria hoping the U.N. Security Council is going to come to your rescue. Ugh. So it's Bolton's first day on the job today, but he's been going to the White House for weeks. So what does that so even it's mean? It's the first official day on the job, and he's immediately given the president advice on where to attack and, and how much. Fear the stash. Wow. Well, he's an old hand. He's been through this stuff before. Of course, you know, that's that's not to say, therefore, everything will be fine, because nobody knows. Well, right, but we all didn't we all feel that McMaster was more of a, a moderating influence on yes. anything crazy happening? Yes, we did. Yeah. I mean, you still got Mattis is there. Mattis doesn't seem like a crazy person. Secretary of Defense, he's, he's probably got the say in what we're going to do, I'm guessing. Now about Pompeii, has he been heard from? CIA director? Yeah. Pompeo. Um, something has uh, is going to happen in the next 24, 48 hours, I'll bet. But they don't wait long. John Cochran writes the Grumpy Economist blog. Very popular. Makes uh, some of this stuff accessible and interesting. Tariff talk. Oh, boy. That's ratings gold. Who's your favorite? Smoot or Hawley? Now, we're actually going to try to figure out. We saw him speak the other day at Stanford. Did we mention we were at Stanford? And uh, <laughs> we're and, practically professors. And he was entertaining, which was cool. So we're going to figure out what this whole tariff thing is all about. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So here's one thing on the whole on the whole tariff question in Trump that I I thought was interesting. The interview with Lindsey Graham yesterday uh, I saw on one of the talk shows uh, illuminated a lot for me. 
And he's and he kept saying, first of all, we're not in a trade war currently. We're threatening tariffs, which could turn into a trade war. But we're not currently in a trade war. He said there hasn't been a trade war of any significance since the 30s. Right. So quit acting like it's something that accidentally happens all the time. It's a way to sell commercials on cable TV. You know, we'll we'll certainly see what our expert has to say about the topic when we get him on. But I don't I don't know. I just think Lindsey the Graham's whole thing's whole, overheated. Lindsey Graham's whole point was though you have to follow through. I mean, you can't you can't chicken out. You got to be able to stick with it, and the stock market could take a hit, and a lot of the people in the Midwest farmers or whatever are going to be screaming and everything. Mm-hmm. But you got to you got to stick it through, and then long term it'll be a huge win. Yeah, I don't know. Politically, can you pull that off? Trump it might be the only person ever who could have done that because he doesn't care. Right. Right. Well, uh, we'll get into it in a couple of minutes, I think. I hope uh, we have an issue, apparently. There is an issue, and not the uh, tariff issue with getting our guest on the line. Coming up, dealing with bums. Got an innovative solution from a listener. In uh, what do you mean with the very harsh and judgmental term bum? I mean uh, bums, hobos, (laughs) the unemployed and uh, uh, dehomed sometimes. Um, I didn't see loud, angry bum today. I was glad. Dude is scary. He's he's a big man and completely unhinged. As you know, I've been involved in this uh, in this issue at uh, at a governmental level, going to city council meetings and whatnot. And uh, I I have uh, an I a real good idea of what the. Uh, one segment of the crowd thinks on this whole issue, especially on the West Coast of America. Mm-hmm. And California has one out of three homeless people in the entire countries in California. And the idea is, uh, one, the real problem here is the lack of jobs and housing. Um, okay. Mm. Okay. What's how, how does that help me as a guy who's trying to run a business and there's some scary looking bums sitting out front so people don't come in my business? Right. Right. There are going to be fewer jobs and less housing unless my business is successful. Also, you're judging people based on their appearance? Yes. Would you feel the same way if a guy in a suit was sitting there? No. Completely different. Well, then that's because you're stereotyping. No, that's because they're very different people who will act very differently and pose very different realities for my business. You unicorn-riding numbskull. (laughs) There's really no need to take it personally, and I apologize. (laughs) So uh, my optimism is waning on getting the guest on. But, oh, we do have the guest. He's going to make a transition full on to the bum discussion. Maybe I'll just watch TV. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get out my remote control. I'm going to start flipping through the channels and just watch television. All right, and we're out. Okay. So we got this note from uh, Al Anonymous. Jack, I've heard all about your bum issues. I was driving. I had an idea. I saw a bum pushing a brand new Target shopping cart down the street, mm-hmm. not far from the local Target. I thought, wait a second here. There's no way that vagrant bought the shopping cart. Why haven't the police stopped the vagrant and arrest him, or arrested him for theft? That's criminalizing homelessness. That's criminalizing criminals. So I called my local police department and asked them, says Al. Excellent question. I was told they could only arrest them if Target wanted them to. I thought about it for a second, then said, so if I beat my wife, but she doesn't want to press charges, I'm free and clear. The officer responded that violence and theft are not the same. And they're not, actually. Sure. I pressed him more, though, with different examples. I wish you'd listed all those examples, Al. I would have just enjoyed it from a uh, fly-in-the-wall perspective. 
Um, Preston, different examples, still finally said, all right, listen, the reason that we don't stop the bums for shopping cart theft is that, quote, we didn't want to end up on the evening news for taking a bum's cart away from him. Absolutely. Close quote. I said, but it's not his cart to begin with. It's a stolen cart. He repeated his statement. We don't want to be on the news. I think, and I could be wrong, and I said this in a city council meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think that most of the voters are not happy with the current situation, and that those of you that are in the uh, the minority of the the government business are 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 the people that think this is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm willing to bet that like the burg I live in, the the vast majority of the voters. Well, all you need is is, is a majority. The majority of the voters don't like the current situation. Right. And the the police are scared of the really loud activist part. Yeah. Interesting, writes Al, that he didn't seem to realize that he works for me since I pay taxes, even particularly ridiculous local taxes and bond measures, whereas the bums don't pay. Go we, on. We don't. We, yeah, we don't have time now. You got to rebook them. It's too late. Um, I told them it would be really nice if they hassled the bums enough that they found another town, such as San Francisco, to bum around in instead. See, see I, I honestly believe there's a giant chunk of the population that's fine with that view. I know it sounds mean and harsh and everything like that, but I think a lot of people are fine with the view of they need to leave this town. Where are they supposed to go? Somewhere else. Right. That's not our what problem. What are they going to do there? I don't care, but I don't want them here. Right. See, there, there are so many things that... I think people who truly embrace adulthood realize there are aspects of being an adult that are unpleasant, some of them. And it's just, it's unfortunate. There are losers who lose and have bad lives. And we could spend every single dollar and every moment of our lives, and we could not change that. Now, if that extends, if that becomes like cruelty or... You know, overt neglect of the mentally ill or the physically handicapped. Well, I'm not cool with that at all. But it's just a reality that you can't solve. I mean, there's beggars in the Bible. There's there's beggars, you know, in the year 1100. There's beggars 30 years ago. There's beggars now. And I just think that's part of the reality of it. But anyway, Al has a plan. I've got a giant shopping, uh, oh, I'm sorry, a giant shop not far from my local Target. I'm just going to start taking Target shopping carts in the back of my truck with me every time I buy something there. (laughs) I'll store them in my shop. When Target realizes that all their carts are gone, maybe they'll get our police department to start arresting people that take the carts. God, I was leaving in, uh, where was I leaving yesterday? Oh, and In-N-Out, which we ended up not eating at because it was too crowded. Different town, but... We were oh boy, uh, leaving yeah. the in and out, and there were some beggars with the signs sitting on the living there, and like with their feet, I had to move over almost to run over the curb to get around him, and I thought, why would you put up with this right. in society? Why would any business put up with this? Why would the police put up with it? Why would you put up with it? You know what I'm noticing on the uh, median that we uh, go by on the way out of work is that uh, the beggars are getting less and less downtrodden, because evidently it's become so accepted, people who, you know figure you know i got the day off today sun's shiny i'm gonna go out there and beg and you got trustafarians and numbskulls and ne'er-do-wells of all sorts of you know brands and stripes out there begging now it's become so crowded they're gonna have to like work in shifts or take numbers or something like that you get 45 minutes then you got to move on there's so many damn beggars at every corner i like the ones that dress up their pets there's a guy that puts glasses and a hat on the dog oh that is entertaining you know what's whimsical 
You know what's whimsical? Uh, you sitting there and begging for money and making people kind of scared and less customers going into the, the into the whatever place of business that is. That's just awesome. I can't believe we put up with this as a society. I know. The, the I, Like I said, I've been to the city council meetings. I know what the other side of the argument is. I can't believe you don't care about these people. I care, but I don't want them right here. I can't solve everybody's every problem. I could solve one problem right now. Get that guy the hell out of here so I can walk into that store with my kids and not have to worry about or it. Or enjoy a park that my tax dollars pay for, et right. cetera. That See, you that's... built because you wanted people to take their kids to, and now nobody does because there's scary homeless people there. Right. Stop Who? building parks. If you're going to get turn them over to the right. homeless people, stop building parks. Turn it turn them into more storefronts. We could use more stores. We're not using it as a park because people are too scared to go there. Leave it a vacant lot. It's good enough. Who works for yeah, whom? more parking? There you go. Make it a parking lot. That's the question. Who works for whom? And uh, you know, as uh, the great Penn Jillette, I wish I had in front of me, but he made the point quite brief, uh, quite brilliantly rather that taking my money or your money by force to indulge my quote-unquote generous impulses is the opposite of generosity. It's morally reprehensible. And that's what so many of the unicorn riders want to do. They want to forcefully take other people's money to, to masturbate their own conscience. We talked with a police chief. I'll leave the name out of it in case I get it not completely right. But we talked chief with a police, a police chief who, who believed the giving money to beggars was mostly people wanting to feel better about themselves. Sure. Uh, because I was at a, uh, my parents stayed in a hotel when they were in town a couple of weeks ago for a variety of reasons. But anyway, I pull into the hotel and um, uh, there's, there's a guy sleeping in one of the parking spaces in front where you'd want to park your cars. Guy, you know, an obvious hobo sleeping there, got a track. Uh, uh, shopping cart full of crap, you know, and who knows what this guy is or what he's about. you got to keep your eye on him as you walk through the door. There's no way I'd have even gone in there with my kids uh, because of a recent experience. And so, and I thought, how does the business allow this guy to be out front where the customers have to walk in? My mom and dad said, because they had a breakfast buffet at this at this hotel, one guy who was staying there loaded up a big plate of food and brought it out to the guy who was sitting out there because mm. he felt like he was doing the right thing for the world, I guess. Or it makes him feel better about himself. No, that's theft, too. But, you know, go ahead, dude. Yeah, I don't My know. thought was, you got to get this guy out of here. You're trying to run a place of business. The customers are uncomfortable, at the least, with walking by this dude to go into your store and spend money at your store. Another person looks at that situation and says, I'm going to load up a big plate of food and give it to the dude. All right. I appreciate their compassion, but I don't know that the two are mutually exclusive. Hey, listen, here's a meal, but you got to move on. You're hurting this person's business. They put their time, their energy, they've risked everything to make this business successful, and you're screwing them. Here's a bagel. Get. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump, considering options in dealing with Syria, we got the National Guard now in the Mexico-U.S. border, and former UFC star Ronda Rousey comes roaring back. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. She's got to fight Conor McGregor, who's completely looney tuned. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, isn't the president supposed to address us all within a few minutes? Yeah, they're go- yes. They're okay. going to be having a cabinet meeting, and he's right. going to be speaking to the press. We better take some of that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Today with Fox News alert. Mexicans. And that was the Fox News alert. I thought that was funny. 
unfair on Saturday Night Live, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fox News alerts are often. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phony-ish. So the president is going to have a cabinet yep. meeting and take questions? That's, that's a Fox News alert. Yeah. That's the heads up they're giving everybody. Yep. yep. We'll go to that when it starts because it's going to be about us attacking Syria. That's what yep. the president tr- uh, tweeted about yesterday. Could be sanctions. Pound on some oligarchs. Sanctions? Freeze their assets. Okay. Grab them where it hurts. Wow. Okay. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, as all this is unfolding, the Kremlin is now saying President Putin called for caution in response to a reported poison gas attack in Syria. That happened during a phone conversation with the German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Opposition activists said at least 40 people died in that chemical attack late Saturday in the suburbs of the Syrian capital and blamed it on the Syrian government which is, of course, closely allied with Russia and Iran. I'm beginning to think Angela Merkel's gutless. Just, she kowtows to Putin all the time because they want their natural gas, and she refuses to stand up for what's right. That's pretty weak. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting. Um, Ian Bremmer, we mentioned earlier, he retweeted from 2014 a tweet from John Kerry, who was the Secretary of State at the time. Today, the last 8% of declared chemical weapons were removed from hashtag Syria. Great work, everybody. Ian, Brem- <laughs> Ian Bremmer responded to that tweet. It's the undeclared chemical weapons that are tricky. Yeah. That well is said. the problem. Yeah. Russia earlier issued a warning to the United States, a Russian foreign ministry, saying if the U.S. uses any military intervention in Syria, it would be unacceptable and lead to the most serious consequences. Oh, settle down. We've had troops in Syria. We've been lobbing bombs in Syria. We've been shooting at people in Syria. Settle down. Statement going on to add the alleged chemical attack is all fabricated. Meanwhile, President Trump's been meeting with his military leaders today. So you're saying we uh, do what we're going to do in Syria and Russia backs off. They back down. Depending on what we do. Yeah, I I think you got to do that, but it's a gamble. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they might say, whoa, 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 too far. Uh, This happens again. We're going to do X. You got to be careful of the old tit for tat thing getting out of hand. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I don't Maybe it's just my reaction to the constant hair-on-fire tone of the news these days. I just think so many things don't escalate out of control. Some do, but I, I just I really enjoy watching Putin play his hand. And, and incredibly confident bluster is part of his deal. He has a, a grade C military with a gigantic n- nuclear arsenal. And how an how an actor like that behaves is it's an interesting thing about 250 national guard members from texas now heading to are already at the mexican border today arizona sending another 150 guard members down to the border president trump saying that up to 4000 troops could be sent to that border to curb illegal immigration now as for why the move is necessary white house homeland security and counterterrorism advisor Thomas Bossart said there's been a spike in the number of people coming here illegally. We've got a leaking boat on our border. At this point, the president's been pretty clear, enough is enough, fix the actual problem and stop that leak. Now, according to him, the nation saw a 200% increase in March in apprehensions, which is alarming. He says the jump usually happens next month, and to see the increase now is very, very troubling. So how many are we talking about? 
He says more than 50,000 people are attempting to cross the southern border in a single month. I thought that was a pretty good pushback because you've heard a lot of the, we're at the lowest point in 47 years. Why now sending troops, well, a 200% increase in a month, and it's before the seasonal Mm, uh, rush starts. And I didn't realize that meant 50,000 apprehensions in a month at our border. That's crazy. That is amazing. 50,000 in 30 days. So what is that, 12, 13, 1400, depending on which day you look at, per day? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Ronda Rousey, a winner again. The former UFC champion who fell from the limelight after two crushing defeats debuted at WrestleMania 34 huh? last night. This was at the Superdome in New Orleans. Crowd going wild as she came into the stadium wearing an outfit paying tribute to her hero, the late Rowdy Roddy Piper. She went on to win a decisive victory, helping Kurt Angle take uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon to task. Oh my God! Stephanie taps! Rousey Man broke her arm! Here are your winners! My submission! Kurt Angle and Rowdy Ronda Rousey! You just saw Dana White here in the house to celebrate and witness this incredible moment for the new chapter in the career of Rowdy Ronda Rousey. I cannot say how impressed what, I am. What are we doing running this <laughs> clip? What is happening? What has happened to the show? That's got to sting quite a bit that she's bowed out of real competitive yeah. sports as trying to be the baddest woman on the planet. Yeah. But I'm sure she's making a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's going to be great at this. Oh, she yeah, doesn't yeah, get yeah. punched in the face yeah, anymore. And- I've gone to considerable trouble in my life to stop getting punched in the face. <laughs> and her tag team partner, Kurt Angle, yeah. former Olympic medalist as well, they kind of have that weird little synergy right. going. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Yeah, she's going to she's gonna do very well. In was so she an Olympic gold medalist? So uh, no, I think she was bronze or silver in judo. Oh, that's right. So yeah. she's a retired, more or less, from the competitive thing, and now going to make a lot of money off of... Uh, yeah. Her name and all that, which yeah, is fine. She legitimately had her teeth knocked loose to the point where she couldn't eat apples for several months and decided to reevaluate her station in life. <laughs> How much is too much of a cost? I can't eat apples. There you go. That's you can a eat wrap. apple sauce. <laughs> that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So your teeth firm up again. Yeah. That would make you reevaluate. Oh. If I came into work and got knocked unconscious and then I woke up, my teeth were loose, I'd think, you know what? I might need a different yeah. line of work. I've had my teeth loosened. It's really unpleasant. It really makes you worry. Er, I, I still, God, I can feel it still. Mm. So uh, I don't know why this um, cabinet meeting with the president is running behind. Uh, maybe they're contemplating what to say. Yeah, they might be finalizing what they're going to say about attacking in Syria. Trump's saying, "Don't worry, I'll just tweet something." Bolton's like, no, 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 no. Let's figure out what we're going to say. We'll bring it to you when it happens. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A man in Australia who was stabbed in the back during a bar fight ordered another drink with a knife still in his back. And then, by law, he became the president of Australia. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Shout out to all of our Aussie listeners. That's That's a cool move, though. Step up to the bar with the knife, stick it out, and you can get another drink before the ambulance gets I've in. had worse. 
So there's a big tribute to Elton John on the TV tomorrow night, and uh, he's doing an interview this morning, and he's wearing the the, the wacky glasses. They're shaped like hearts. Fantastic. Not, not giving it up just because he's uh, 80 years old or whatever. There you go. Stick with it, Elton. We did um, the Bee Gees a few months ago, right? Now it's Elton John's turn. And then the Eagles, and then, uh, I don't know. I remember. Oh, those are fancy hearts, too. Those aren't the oh, yeah. things that you just get at, like, the gas station. Oh, no, 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 no. These are diamond-encrusted. It's uh, good look. I remember when nostalgia wasn't so tiresome. Those were good times. <laughs> um, we got a, Anytime we bring up the homeless situation, we get a ton of texts. It strikes a nerve. It's because everybody's dealing with it everywhere, especially on the West Coast of the United States. Plus beggars, which is yeah, often a diff- not a diff- homeless people. A different thing. Right. They actually get to do their thing because of a lot of the crap that's said about the homeless situation. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we have a homeless guy in Stockton, California, that hangs out by our In-N-Out Burger. He balances a bike on his head. It's pretty cool. Huh. I've given him money. Very talented. <laughs> Let's say, hey, so he's doing something. I went to it's entertaining. Flo- I went to Florida for a week. I only saw two homeless people the entire week. I can't verify that. Well, they get no homeless there because the climate's so rough. Right. I saw a white lady panhandling, and her sign said, please some- spread some cheese on this cracker. There you go. Is that a euphemism? It's funny. Uh, but we got this from a uh, former deputy sheriff in Southern California for 25 years. I've solved many a problem for reporting citizens by arresting homeless people, sometimes for possession of stolen property, shopping cart, that sort of thing. You do realize we pay for those carts carts in our grocery bill, of course, anyway. Yeah, that's worth mm-hmm. mentioning. Yeah. What happens is that the stores are unwilling to help the DA prosecute because they don't want to be perceived as persecuting the homeless. They don't want the bad PR. Once again, the people get fleeced, not to mention the generous sharing of diseases on those carts and everything else that they touch or defecate on. Uh, look at San Why are you Di- pooping on your cart? Look at San Diego with the Hep A crisis. Have you noticed that these homeless people are getting younger and younger? I don't know if I've noticed that, but there's they're, they're a surprisingly young number of them. A lot of them are heroin addicts. Now that I work in a narcotics unit, I started recognizing that these poor people from, these poor people in quotes, from prior arrests as drug addicts. So that's where a lot of that's coming from. Hmm. Interesting. They're on the fentanyl. Which would make some of you say, well, then we need more rehabs or whatever. (sighs) I don't know. You know, I have found that, generally speaking, people rise to your expectations of them. And if you have no expectations of people, they can act any way they want, they will. Well, the reason one out of three homeless people are in California, according to a prosecutor I talked to recently, he said there are a lot of states that that know that California is the honeypot for the homeless people, and they will actually give them bus fare and send them to California. Right. Just to get them away, because they're going with my stance, which is, I don't care where you go, but it's got to be somewhere else. Mm. What am I going to do? I don't know, but you got to leave here. They'll take care in California. Here's a bus ticket. That's what most, that's what most states in the country are doing. Now, maybe you think, as a Californian, I want to be that state. I want to be that state. I want to be like Washington, Oregon, and California, where we accept the homeless population that the rest of the country so meanly discards. I don't think most of the population does. I don't believe it. Yeah. I could be wrong. Well, but the activist types shame the other folks, and people lack the convictions or the time or the eloquence or whatever to... Uh, you know, to reject that shaming and to say, no, forget it. No, I don't want angry, dangerous bums around my business. What about your lack of compassion? I don't want angry, dangerous bums around my business, period. 
Hey, back to the National Guard on the border situation. How about those stats that the Trump administration put out, assuming they're true? 50,000 apprehensions last month? That's almost unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like, what amount of manpower, paperwork? And that's how many people didn't get caught. I don't know that. I suppose nobody knows that number. Nope. If you catch, they 50, generally don't show up and let you know. <laughs> if you catch fifty thousand, does that mean that two thousand got through or seventy thousand got through? I don't have any idea. Um, but that—that's it. Fifty thousand people that thought they could sneak into the United States got caught. Yeah. Well, and they're going to all try again. Oh, sure. And they should because we're not serious about it. Because we haven't eliminated the magnets, we still give out the social services, we still will employ you, one way or another. We don't have a serious e-verify system. So, yeah, come on in. Man, that's a huge number. Both parties want it, so. If they had said 5,000 in a month, I'd have thought, wow, 5,000 people tried to cross the border in one month, they caught. Mm, No, it's 50,000. Yeah, yeah. All you gotta do is, uh, if you're listening... Perhaps you can get this uh, translated to use Google Translate to translate it to Spanish. Claim you're a refugee. Claim, uh, you know, the gangs were after you or the government or something. You'll get a ticket to appear in court. You'll laugh at it. I'd actually hang it in my house in a frame. Maybe print out the laughing till you're crying emoji and uh, (laughs) lay that over it. Frame it, put it in your home and stay in the United States as long as you want. The U.K. has just appointed a minister for loneliness. We could talk about that at some point. It's an actual governor position, like a cabinet-level position. Minister for loneliness. Because mm. they have so many people in uh, that describe themselves as lonely. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Some yeah. modern uh, lifestyle. Isn't that a choice at some level? If you have a whole bunch of people complaining about being lonely, shouldn't they be able to get together somehow? I don't know. Maybe have Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Play. Well, it just seems weird to have a whole bunch of people in their homes saying yeah. I'm lonely. Yeah, isn't there a way for that to yeah. let you come out of your well, home? You'd think. Although I don't know if you're if you're a little shy, a little socially awkward. I mean, this I don't know. It's so complicated. There's so many things that good things have bad results. The reason lonely people found other lonely people and delonelified back in the day was because all of life involved interacting with people. There was no avoiding it all day long, unless you're going to be a true hermit. If you wanted to buy anything, you had to interact with somebody. Go down and the shy shop girl who could barely raise her eyes, and you know, before you know it, the two of you are chatting a little bit, overcoming your shyness, and you got six shy little kids, but life is good. Huh? And uh, now, no, you stay at home. You order from Amazon. You, you you watch porn. You do your online thing. Your Farmville or your wacky uh, video games. Sean can tell you about at length. Oh yeah, Fortnite's really fun. Britain has a serious problem with loneliness. Research has found more than nine million people in the country often or always feel lonely, according to a 2017 report. And that's why they decided Minister Theresa May decided to appoint a minister for loneliness. For far too many people, loneliness is a sad reality of modern life. I don't know what the Minister for Loneliness is going to do. Hey, cheer up! Or she just walks around saying, smile! Or That always makes people happy. Nigel, I'd like you to meet uh, Mary Ellen. <laughs> Mary Ellen? The two of you. Nigel. I understand you both like horse racing. Go talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> they just do that all day long. <laughs> or throwing potlucks and parties. Right. And ice cream socials and that sort of thing. Striking up games of Uno. 
I'll well, sit around and play. But you scale back to socialism. You'll find people are uh, a little more busy, a little more ambitious, trying to make a life, a life for themselves and uh, less lonely. Um, the president has, j- is this just now? Mm. Moments ago. Okay, I want to hear this. How much time have we got, Michael? Uh, 90 seconds. Uh, here we go. Here we go. So, here we go. I think we have to be cautious, but at the same time, we have to let the free market work. Wrap it up, yeah, so I got to interrupt you because the president of the United States take playback from the cabinet the meeting. Let's watch. attack on innocent Syrians with banned chemical weapons. It was an atrocious attack. It was horrible. You don't see... Things like that, as bad as the news is around the world, you just don't see those images. We are studying that situation extremely closely. We are meeting with our military and everybody else. And we'll be making some major decisions over the next 24 to 48 hours. And we are very concerned when a thing like that can happen. This is about humanity. We're talking about humanity. And it can't be allowed to happen. So we'll be uh, looking at that barbaric act and studying what's going on. We're trying to get people in there, as you know. It's- That's not as strong as I was hoping. Well, next 24 to 48 hours. We'll do something. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you'll know it. You'll know There'll be no mistake in it. Mm, okay. Well, we'll be talking about that, I suppose. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.